hello and welcome to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson and I'll be your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and the benefit of God's people. Here we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. If you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments and share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Well, thanks again for listening in, and may the Lord bless this particular episode to you greatly as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. Well, today I'm coming back with another of our little mini-series. We've been interviewing all of our leadership this fall. We had a, an episode came out last month with Jared Haygood, as well as um, one of our elders here at, at Believers, Jared Haygood, as well as Kyle Slaymaker. Um, and we have here one of our, if you're listening to this, we have already had the ordination service for our brother Patrick Covington. He's been with Believers for quite some time, um, he and his wife, and we're thankful to have him on the episode today just to get to know Patrick. Some of you listening may know Patrick very well. Some of you may not know him at all. Maybe you've seen him around at Believers. Uh, maybe you've seen him in the community. Um, but we're going to just talk with Patrick, hear his heart for ministry, hear a little bit about him today. So, Patrick, how are you today, man? I'm doing great, brother. It's a, a joy to be here, and I'm looking forward to the opportunity. Good, man. We're, I'm glad to have you. I'm glad to talk with you today. And uh, we just had lunch at Marshall's Barbecue. Uh, and <laughs> if you heard this past week's episode come out, that was also our pre-recording lunch. Uh, this might be a, a regular occurrence. Marshall's feeds us well. Aaron's got some great stuff there. Yeah, yeah, he does. And, um, you know, we you'll have to bear with us as we do kind of have the meat sweats going on. And it's, <laughs> yes. a, it's a labor just to yes. breathe after yes. eating Marshall's barbecue. We talked before recording that uh, we should have flip-flopped this and recorded first and then had lunch. That would have been much wiser. <laughs> but. That, that sort of lunch puts you in a food coma a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. So we won't be very exciting today. <laughs> well, we, we want to just hear a little bit about Patrick, uh, his life, uh, his testimony a little bit. So I've got some questions for him today. I'm just going to hear his heart. But um, Patrick, why don't you just kick things off for us today? Uh, for the person who has no idea who Patrick Covington is, give the little snapshot synopsis of you, maybe from like your teenage years or a little bit of your home life, whatever you'd like to share Sure. Who is Patrick? Sure. Well, uh, like you said, Patrick Covington is my name. Um, I was pretty much born and raised right in Miller Grove, which is about 15 minutes kind of northwest of Emory. I've um, been married to my, my lovely wife now, uh, Kelsey uh, Covington. Used to be Kelsey Steele, and I still want to call her that. Um, Kelsey and I have been married for over six years. Um, we are super excited as we now have the joy of um, parenthood on the way. We are expecting oh, yeah. our first. Um, we found out a little girl. Her name's going to be Carissa, uh, Carissa Elaine Covington. So super excited through this pregnancy, uh, super excited for the opportunity to serve the Lord through parenthood and uh, a, attempt to, to raise a child in, the, a child in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We'll see how it goes, but so excited for that. Uh, we've been coming to Believers now for about five and a half, almost six years, I think. Cool. Um, been a fantastic time here as well. Um, vocationally, I work for Farmers Electric Cooperative, or the local rural electric co-op that um, I've been there for almost seven years, I think. Um, uh, my occupation is kind of in field engineering, so I don't have um, necessarily the 
the pleasure of vocational ministry, but also don't have all the the um, maybe the frustrations of it either. So it keeps me joyful, uh, keeps me engaged here when I have opportunity to come up to the church, and it's yeah. a wonderful thing. Good, man. Um, so you said uh, you and Kelsey have been married for about six years or so now? Yeah, six and a half, coming okay. up on six and a half. And you're, you're welcoming your first child. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, anyone who knows me, Stephanie and I have four children, and we've got one on the way. And so Patrick and I, we've had some good conversations. We've got several large families here at Believers. And so we're just we're welcoming you into the uh, the fold here, man. That's we're right. excited about this. I've Fatherhood. Got some, I've got some catching up to do to, to get yeah, on your you'll, level. You'll get but. there. You'll get there. <laughs> One at a time. One at a time. That's or maybe how it two. works normally. But. <laughs> maybe two. Uh, my wife and I were talking and joking about it recently. This would be the, the one time after we have four children, pretty decently spaced out, the fifth pregnancy would be twins or something, and Lord would just laugh and just yep. say, all right, we'll see how you do with two now. <laughs> well, so uh, Patrick, I'd love to, to share with, uh, with everyone listening um, how you came to saving faith, uh, what was your, maybe, maybe your spiritual journey, um, whether it was from boyhood, teenage years, uh, let's, let's kind of talk about your spiritual journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't, um, you know, my, my testimony is more one of those that the Lord was gracious in saving me, um, from much, um, early on, you know, I was raised in a, a Christian household. As long as I can remember back, we were um, always in church. and um, So it was a wonderful blessing uh, to be involved from a young age. Um, I don't think I can pinpoint a, an exact day or exact time that I was um, born from above, if you will. But sure. uh, I do remember sometime around six, seven years old, uh, first feeling any sort of conviction. Mm-hmm. Uh, over my sin and a realization of my need uh, for for a savior, and then you know just kind of through um, my younger years into high school, it started getting a little more serious. Where I realized that there's there's more to this than just claiming a name and going to church, um, and it just kind of progressively got more and more um, sanctified, if you will. I, I think I was saved probably uh, realistically sometime around my junior high, high school years, uh, where I really noticed a change in my heart and a desire to read scripture and a desire not to be all about me mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, as as time marched on, that um, I, I was able to to stay in the Word and grow and mature, and and here I am at Believers. Um, Believers has been a fantastic blessing to Kelsey and I. Um, a wonderful, wonderful church, great leadership, solid and sound preaching. Hey, I um, hear their music guy is pretty decent. Okay, oh, that right? music, yeah. It's a, it's a little <laughs> shaky sometimes, but, you know, that, that new music guy, he's he's definitely increased my sanctification by, you know, a, a level or two. Just, <laughs> I'm so just happy to singing. hear <laughs> But, no, on a serious note, Believers has been fantastic. Um, in the last five and a half or so years that we've been here, it is. Um, I've grown a lot under under the Praise teaching God. here, and it's been it's been wonderful. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you came to uh, to believers. So, who d- did someone tell you about this church? Were you looking around? Had you been members of somewhere else? And you came yeah, here? Um, so uh, maybe a little bit more backstory. Um, growing up through probably about twelve years old until I got married uh, to my wife at twenty, we um, we were actually involved with the home church. 
um, my family and then uh, one other family and at times there was a third family involved. Real small, um, had great doctrines of grace teaching um, and I grew much there. Charlie Otts was the pastor, wonderful, wonderful friend to me. He, uh, he since has passed on um, and is joyfully with the Lord now since 2017. But uh, those years were good. Um, then when my wife and I got married, we actually, um, she was attending a Presbyterian church up in Sulphur Springs. Mm-hmm. I went there with her for a little bit because she had some responsibilities with um, some of the technology up there. And, you know, we quickly realized that we needed to be somewhere else. Um, so in time, we were able to um, free her from those responsibilities and move on. And then it became you know, then began the, the church hunt. Sure, yeah. And uh, the hunt was not difficult at all. <laughs> the very first church we visited was Believer's Baptist Church in Emory. Oh, wow, interesting. Uh, no, no particular reason, uh, fairly close to home, and uh, we decided to come visit, and so we you, never you went anywhere else. <laughs> that's wild. So you, you weren't even looking for, like, say, another Doctrines of Grace church necessarily? Yeah, or? I mean, we, we were. Um, you did, know, you, did you know that about believers at the time? I did not or, know oh, that about how believers. How interesting is that? Um, you know, I'm, I was you know, born and raised, if you will, sure. um, uh, Calvinist, yeah. uh, held to the Doctrines of Grace. Yeah. So I, I definitely was looking for that and, and trying to find one. I, I didn't think... Uh, to be real honest, I was raised um, kind of to believe that, you know, we're we're almost the last sound people out there. You know, we didn't know there were any good churches around. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And so that was um, that was a bit uh, eye opening when the mm. very first one I came to is is um, very sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I align very very closely with all of the the theology that's taught here. And it just worked out to the uh, praise and glory of God. Cause, yeah. Isn't that so cool how he works? That's right. First church you visited, looking around for you and your wife, and here you are. Right. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, so you said you've been pretty much, uh, so I can identify with that, with your story. Um, I was born and raised in the church from wee little, uh, from, from an infant, uh, Mother's Day out, uh, uh, Southern Baptist life. You know, uh, we were raised in Southern Baptist churches. And, uh, so I've been in the church my whole life too, uh, literally my entire life, 31 years. And, uh, but I bet you would also, um, I can identify several points in the last specifically 12 to 15 years of my life where there has been particular, uh, intense growth or times or seasons where maybe God has brought you someone, maybe an individual that has helped you to grow or maybe a book. Or, and we'll get to that in just a minute, but can you talk, is there like a particular time, maybe you're in your adult life or late teens where you just uh, got, the Lord just gave you a super dose, if you will, of something that kind of supercharged your, your growth in here? Yeah. um, I think there's a couple. Uh, One of the, one of the big ones that I can remember uh, was in my early teen years, maybe still in junior high kind of uh, time frame when Charlie Otts, the pastor I grew up under, uh, was actually preaching a sermon series through Ephesians. And um, I got a a fresh big dose of uh, the sovereignty of God and the magnificence of our salvation. Mm. And that really was Uh, Mm eye-opening, made me want to start studying. And um, I I grew a lot in that time period. Um, In that time period, I started picking up books. Uh, some people that heavily influenced me in my younger years was uh, John MacArthur uh, and R.C. Sproul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I read a little book by MacArthur called Worship, The Ultimate Priority. Oh, yeah. I've got and it on my shelf. It was super. It was eye-opening um, with the Christian life, just yes. the, the impact of worship and the importance of worship and mm-hmm. in the Christian life. And that was a wonderful book. Um, R.C. Sproul's teaching is, is always great as well. Um, and, and we can get more into later some of those books that were were foundational uh, for me. But So you said this was about maybe junior high, maybe yeah, early 12, high school? 13, okay. 14 years old, something yeah. like that. Cool. Um, and, and that was, was eye-opening. And, you know, I didn't have a, a vast knowledge of theologians at that point. I, mm-hmm. I, I knew my parents listened to MacArthur, um, a little bit of Sproul, so that's kind of where I started out. And um, was heavily influenced by those two men in my my younger years. Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys who would also have the same little bit of the same story there. Probably so. You <laughs> know, too. MacArthur and Sproul have uh, inspired us, a new generation yeah. of young. Yeah, the last uh, fifty years of yeah. solid expositional preaching yes, is uh, yes. incredible. Yes. Um, the Lord greatly used those men. Yes. I'm thankful for them. But no doubt that was that was one time, and then you know after my wife and I got married to. Uh, um, maybe had a fresh realization of the importance of uh, being a husband, uh, leading my wife, uh, knowing parenthood would, would someday come. Um, so I, again, started just taking things more seriously. Puts things into perspective it, a little bit. A little it? bit of perspective uh, there. And then, of course, when we attended Believers, that was, you know, it was good expositional preaching that, that helped me grow. I learned uh, through some of the, the brothers here, other theologians that mm-hmm. have uh, greatly now influenced me in the last several years. So I think those two times have really, really been key. Um, cool. The expositional th- series through Ephesians uh, growing up and then just sitting through good teaching here. Awesome. That's awesome, man. And yeah, if listeners, if you know anything about believers, uh, we, uh, we champion with everything we've got, the priority of the word, sufficiency of the word, and expositional preaching. We're blessed to have uh, our senior pastor, Jason Rowland. He's been here for 22 years, I believe, at, at Believers, and he just does a great job each week. And I'm so thankful personally that my family's here and able to be fed under this preaching. It's, uh, it's wonderful, wonderful stuff. So let's. We, you talked about some, some theologians and pastors that, you, that have influenced you, specifically MacArthur and Sproul, uh, the book on worship, which is a tremendous book by MacArthur. Um, I've read the holiness of God. I don't know if you have as well. That was the next uh, book I was yeah, going to bring I, up. Okay, Sproul's. let's 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 pause yeah. for a second. Have you read uh, uh, "Saved for What" or "Saved by What"? Uh, his little smaller book. It's really good. It's a. It's about. I think it's about the doctrines of grace. Yeah, I'm not sure of that one. Um, I've, I've read several of his, but that one's yeah, not yeah. Bills. Uh, anyhow, uh, what what other theologians or pastors, um, modern day or? Uh, sometimes I like to say old dead guys. What what other guys do you like to read or Man, old influ- dead guys yeah. are where it's at. That's that's, that's that's what I've come to, to read grow a lot and of appreciate the, my, the yes. last five six years. Yes, um, you, you know, uh, four just foundational books that that really grew me early on was uh, like I said, Worship by MacArthur, uh, Sproul's The Holiness of God, mm-hmm. and then one so, great dead guy, uh, A.W. Pink. Yes. His Sovereignty of God yes. and His Attributes of God. Yes. Those were eye-opening like no other books. Yes. Um, those kind of came a little later in my uh, maybe junior, senior years of high school that I read those, and, and they were just 
param- yeah. paradigm it, shifting. It, it, it um, changes the way you think. Just wonderful, wonderful books. Absolutely. Um, A.W. Pink's a big one that has influenced me. And that's thanks to Charlie Ott's as well, the pastor I grew up under. But here recently, I've been reading a lot of Puritan works. Um, yeah. Have the Puritan paperbacks and love some of those from John Owen and yeah. Jeremiah yeah. Burroughs and um, Thomas Watson is another one that's just a joy to read. Um, one other Jeremiah Burroughs, the rare jewel of Christian contentment. Um, oh, tremendous. A couple volume. years ago, uh, just a, a, another just eye-opening book that uh, puts things in perspective. So all those good old dead guys of the, uh, uh, of the Puritanism and, and then the mm-hmm. Reformed Baptist mm-hmm. uh, tradition have yeah. been influencing me the le- these, uh, these last several years. Cool. Yeah. Praise God. Okay, so uh, I, I've asked you a little bit. You pro- you, you've already mentioned that the worship book by MacArthur and uh, Holiness of God, which, I mean, how can you top those things? Um, and, and one of the Puritan paperbacks. Let me let me kind of just ask an off the cuff question. What has been your favorite Puritan paperback that you've read, or at least delved into? Maybe not read the full thing yet. Well, that that rare jewel of Christian contentment, I think, is probably the best that I've that I've read. Cool. Um, as far as something that has stuck with me and lasted, and that's probably because I read that with anticipating of teaching on the 10th commandment. Mm. So I was, yeah, it was early on, probably the first handful of times I taught Sunday school that uh, I was told, Hey, you're going to teach the 10th ten- commandment when we get there. So I was thinking, okay, well I've got to read, I've got to study, I've got to get prepared. ready. Yeah. And I had that little book and I'm like, it's a wonderful time to read mm-hmm. this book and studying it and plotting through it slowly and deeply. That was it. Was a wonderful book. I highly recommend it for everybody listening. Yes. Um, Every Christian ought to read it. Yes, yes. That if you is... haven't read it at least two or three times, <laughs> you've got to read it two or three times. Yes, um, very good, especially in our culture. Yes, um, where it's yes. so um, driven by things. Absolutely, um, rare jewel of Christian contentment. It's fantastic. Um, I would pair that with. Uh, two others. I would pair that with John Bunyan's book on prayer, and I would pair that with Mortification of Sin by John Owen. That, yeah. Just a trio of just good biblical conviction mm-hmm. from the Puritans. <laughs> yeah, I actually read um, a, a, a trio of John Owen on sin. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually compiled by John Piper um, cool. and kind of brought into modern English. And yeah. It was called Overcoming Sin and Temptation. Yes. And it has three of his works dealing with sin, mm-hmm. uh, temptation of sin, the mortification of sin. The and death of other. death and the death of Christ, um, possibly. I don't know. Maybe not. Possibly. Was that was that Owen or was that Edwards? I don't remember off the top of my uh, head. Uh, you might be right there. <laughs> I get all the, the, all these titles confused sometimes. <laughs> sure, sure. But yeah, Owen, um, that that book was was very good for me as well. Um, Super. And then one other lesser-known Puritan, at least I think, um, Ralph Venning. Mm-hmm. He has mm-hmm. a book called The Sinfulness, the Sinfulness of Sin. Of Sin. Uh, I worked through that last year. Um, and again, it's just you, You're a glutton for, punch, <laughs> glutton for punishment, man. Really. Some of those are <laughs> perhaps I'm exposing that I have an issue that I'm trying to address. <laughs> Well, so if you don't know, Patrick, I have just, I've been here at Believers for, uh, since the beginning of 2022, and I have just personally loved seeing his desire and hunger for good content. He loves to read when he gets a chance to, he's got a busy life and work sometimes keeps him and prevents him. But what I, what I love about Patrick is he is hungry 
And that's what I would just, my desire would be for anyone listening, but our church members, um, if you're a believer and you're not hungry for the word and just digging into the, the gold mine that is the scripture and reading some of these wonderful timeless works on different uh, doctrines like the Puritans and, and uh, other guys as well, but specifically the Puritans are a great place to start. Um, man, I would just encourage you, find something, get yourself, get yourself reading. Um, the, the Christian life, you need to be growing and, and always pressing in deeper and farther into the things of God. Um, that's what I've appreciated about Patrick so much since I've gotten to know him. We always are able to have good spirited <laughs> theological conversation and ask questions and just uh, really just work through some stuff. Um, but let me, let me transition our conversation, and we want to get to um, specifically your role here at Believers, but also biblical counseling. So we're going to get there. But before we get to that, um, talk us through just briefly a little bit about your, your call to ministry. I know that the Lord has put a burden on your heart for the local church. Um, and although that, right, that doesn't look right now like vocational ministry, you are still nonetheless being used um, to minister to the people of God here at Believers, whether you're being whether you get a paycheck or not, right, I mean, let's right. just be let's put it out on the table. That that really doesn't matter much in the grand scheme of things. Um, tell me a little bit about what the Lord has put on your heart um, for the for the work and the labor of ministry to local sure. church. Yeah, um, and I think that flows out of some of those um, old dead guys that I started reading uh, several years ago, uh, particularly A. W. Pink and his sovereignty of God, and then his attributes of God. Um, those two were just mind-expanding, wonderful books that give you a fuller, greater, more magnificent view of who God is. And, and that is something that has been a burden on my heart for a long time. Um, because so much of modern-day Christianity is this Christianity light. It's, it's shallow, it's me-centered, and it's a shame. Um, I want people to come to understand better who our great God is. Mm. That's really my burden and my desire. Um, That's a but, good. It's a good desire to have because our God is worthy of so much more than words can even express. Yes. He's greater and grander and yes. lofty. Yes. And, and I want people to see that and understand that. And that comes by getting in the Word and understanding what the Word says about who our God is. Um, so my, my desire has always been to, to help people understand that. I think when you start with a right understanding of God, all other things fall into place. I 100% agree with you. you. You understand man. You understand the sinfulness of man. Uh, you understand how... You can't understand the gospel without a right understanding of God. Exactly. The gospel is so much greater and so much sweeter when you understand the wonder, wonders of God yes. and his holy otherness and our complete lack of it. Yes. Our complete lack of any deserving of the so great a salvation that he has, he has chosen to give uh, his people. And, and so that's what I want people to see and understand and Praise from God. there, it, it grows into all of life. Yeah. Right? We're going to talk about biblical counseling in a little bit. And um, the, the framework, the key to biblical counseling is 
big, big God theology. It's understanding God. <laughs> That's right. Understand God right. All these other things fall into That's place. That's exactly right. Um, um, in the in the council, specifically with with believers, when you're when you're talking with someone, uh, a, a Christian to Christian, um, all of our we we need perspective. Um, with with our situation that seems so intense at the moment, and we lose sight of how big our God is and how uh, how He orders our steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the other day, we were reading at our, our dinner table. Um, Landon, our oldest, was reading from some of the Proverbs. We've been reading through the Proverbs, and we read, I think it's in chapter nineteen or twenty, um, that the, the uh, man makes his plans, but the Lord orders his steps. Exactly. And if, if if we can just grasp even a smidgen of that concept as we're walking through the difficulties of life, and we'll, we'll segue into biblical counseling here and uh, just helping f- people see and, and refo- refocus, reorient themselves um, in order to walk through these issues mm-hmm. instead of figuring out an earthly solution, which sometimes right. there is an earthly solution or materialistic solution, but it fundamentally comes down to our understanding of self and God. Mm-hmm. Um, so Absolutely. It, it absolutely does. And there's a couple of things I want to respond to in that, and I'll f- probably forget the second after I say the first. That's okay. Um, but my prayer for a long time has um, kind of modeled something that I heard Alistair Begg say, and he said it several times in his preaching and teaching, um, and that is, Lord, magnify your sovereign grace and keep me in my humble place. Mm. And and that is uh, so important for all of the That's Christian beautiful. life. And the the importance of all of this is, you know, um, Reformed theology gets a, a bad rap as, you know, these people that care nothing about anybody's souls, they just care about knowing everything. Um, but the reality is when you... Um, when you know these things, it, it doesn't serve to exalt self. It serves to exalt God, and it serves to humble us. Amen. And if it doesn't do that, we've got it all wrong. Amen. That's um, exactly right. So that's so important to us, and um, it's where true joy is found. Amen. Um, without a without a God like this to serve, there is no real joy. Exactly. There's temporal happiness that's fleeting. Um, so real joy is found in this, and this is, um, you know, I've... Uh, to the praise of God, been able to experience it, and I want other people to to understand the magnificence of our God. Praise God. Well, so let's let's talk a little bit about our biblical counseling center here at Believers. Um, now, you guys were starting to work on this even long before I came. Uh, I've been here in 2022, and this has been on the docket. This has been on the plan for quite some time, and. Um, just a couple episodes ago, we, uh, Jason and I were talking, and if you've heard the episodes with Morris Bean recently, uh, we have been discussing just the ins and outs of biblical counseling and some of the things that we need to look out for in uh, uh, basically just building a biblical counseling center here in Emory from the ground up. Um, from what I know, this will be the only one, at least at this point. And so, how to think through this? What we ought to need? What we? What sort of paperwork we need? And all these sorts of things. But all that aside, um, Patrick, I know that you have been at the spearhead of this for quite some time, trying to promote the biblical counseling center that we're going to be opening up. I want to ask, what in your mind? What's a goal that you would like to see here in Rains County? Um, what What do you want to see happen with our biblical counseling center here? 
Um, well, uh, I, I don't know exactly what I want to see, <laughs> if I'm going to be perfectly honest. What, what I hope uh, and what I pray would come of this is that not only uh, the members of this church, but those uh, outside of this church and the community that would come in, my hope uh, aligns with kind of my, my passion for ministry, is that um, we could apply what is true about God and what is true about self uh, to all of life and then live in such a way that we are joyful and then live in such a way that brings glory and honor to God. Mm. Uh, the, the chief end of man, right, is to yeah. glorify yeah. God and enjoy Him forever. Amen. So my goal um, in, in this counseling ministry isn't necessarily um, to have a, a massive counseling center where we have 50 counselors and a 12-month wait list or anything like that. If the Lord blesses the breadth of it, that's wonderful. But my goal and my hope is that people would come to realize that it's not sinful to have problems. Uh, there are sin issues. There are suffering issues. Um, it's not uh, a frowned-upon thing to seek out wisdom and counsel. Oh, that's a good word. And yeah. uh, that they would come to realize that um, there is actually a hope offered through biblical counseling and that you know through through giving this uh this counseling that people would come to grow and love the lord and and if the lord would use that to to grow his kingdom that's uh wonderful and and that's 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 my goal that's great i think uh i think that covers it i mean what else could you expect from from this sort of thing i mean we have been uh i know i've i've overheard some of the conversations y'all went to the counseling um conference recently in memphis and uh, Jared and Whitney, and we've had that episode where you talked about all these things. And there's so much that we could do, but really at the end of the day, I think our, our overall hope and our focus for this counseling center is that we can make much of God and present God in these situations um, to help to help people in their hurt. Because these problems are real. Sin is a real issue. All of us deal with things that are sin-related all the time and the only real help for sin issue is the gospel exactly there is no other help for for sin issues and and problems that arise from sin issues and really there's no other hope in suffering there is no other hope in suffering um so that's why biblical counseling is distinctly unique it's taking the gospel and it's applying it applying the to gospel. believers to non-believers in that way it's highly evangelistic yes and that's why we want to offer it to the community yes. uh, you know people come in suffering uh, people come in overwhelmed by sin yes and broken and what better time than a counseling room with you know somebody who doesn't know the lord to present the gospel Amen. and trust the lord to work yes um, obviously we can't make them saved uh, yeah. but we can trust the lord that uh, he would be faithful uh, to use our efforts where he's pleased. And and that's a wonderful, wonderful thing about biblical counseling. And if we can step back maybe just a little, I'd like to talk about kind of how I moved into the vein of desiring biblical yeah, counseling. Yeah, that'd be all. great. That'd be great. Um, and that kind of grew out of, you know, coming to believers for a year or two and, and growing more and um, wanting to get involved somewhere, somehow. Um you know, before I ever really taught Sunday school or preached or anything much, I didn't think I would like it at all. Um, the thought of getting up in front of 50 people or 200 people was not appealing to me. <laughs> uh, I yep. do not enjoy public speaking in that way. 
or never did. Um, my graduation speech, most nervous thing, worst thing I ever had to do, you know, was not excited to get up in front of people. But I knew I wanted to get involved, um, and at the time I was actually uh, trying to take some night, uh, some classes through the Master's University just for biblical studies. Um, and you know, I was taking some classes, and I was like, you know, this is this is great, but where's it going? Well, they had a biblical counseling program, so I just kind of went off. Well, what is biblical counseling? Let's let's look into this. Mm-hmm. And I started studying it. I took a few cl- uh, a few of those classes, not through masters, but um, some other stuff, um, actually through a Reformed Presbyterian uh, University that offered some stuff. And you know, I, I got into this and understood that hey, there's something to this that people need that people don't know is out there. Yes. Um, you know, it, it's easy to get theological truth in the head. It's not easy to get that from the head to the heart oh, and man. apply it to life. That's so good. But that's what biblical counseling will do. Yes. Um, so I, I came to this and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Mm. Everybody needs to know about it. So <laughs> I called Jason and I was like, hey, man, we got to go to lunch. I, I don't need to talk to you. So we sat down and talked to him or we talked and uh, I don't think he had any idea where I was going or why I wanted to talk. He looked a little nervous, I think, when we when we sat down. <laughs> that's all. The, that's never a phone call that a pastor wants to get. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I'm like, man, I, I've got this stuff, and I had some, you know, information from a few different seminaries, and mm-hmm. just trying to find my way where I wanted to go. And I said, biblical counseling is where I want to be. And his face lit up, and he was like, that's something that we've been wanting to do and just never have thought about it or, or we thought about it, never have taken any steps, had Praise the resources. The um, so from that point forward, we started working together toward, okay, what's it going to take to get biblical counseling at Believers Baptist Church? And since then, I mean, we've gone to some training stuff to work mm-hmm. toward ACBC mm-hmm. certification gone to some conferences, read a lot, and uh, it was it was great. But that's kind of where it started. Awesome. How it's gotten to where it is today. That is super cool. I actually did not know that. I'm learning that for the first time. So the Lord has certainly ordered your steps in such a way to uh, place a burden on your heart for this, but also place you in a situation. Um, you know, some people would say by happenstance, this is by providence that he brought you here, uh, connected you with Jason and believers and kind of used you as a, uh, a spear point to get this thing off the ground. Um, yeah, I don't know that I was the best man for the job, but I was the man that had a little time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes and, that's all it some takes. some ambition to, to That's, that's all desire. it takes. That's right. Yeah. Well, man, it's been a joy uh, chatting with you today, and I know that we could probably talk for a long, lot, lot more time today. But um, Patrick, thanks for taking some time out of your day. I know you've got to head off to work again and finish out your day, but... Um, it's been a joy today. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, absolutely, Duffy. It's uh, it was a, it was a privilege. So happy to be here. Perfect. Well, uh, that's it for today's episode, listener. Uh, thank you once again for taking the time to listen to the Asking for a Friend podcast. We hope this episode has been a blessing to you. Don't forget to like and share our podcast with someone that you know. Uh, we can you can share that through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Podbean. Um, and some of our episodes are on YouTube as well. So please get this out. We, we don't care about making a name for ourselves or anything like that. We just want this good truth and good content to get out there um, for, for anyone that you might know. Don't forget, last thing, you can submit us a question to look at for a potential podcast episode in the future. You can go to our website, bbcemory.org. Go to our media tab. 
scroll to the bottom of the page and there's a box that you can type in a question. But until next time, as usual, grace and peace be with you all.